you know what that sound means? It's now streaming. Now you gotta ask yourself, did I watch three movies or four? Welcome to Now Streaming. Now Streaming on Now Streaming, where we learn what we are now streaming. I got you for 15 minutes. We're streaming along because it's now streaming time. Anchor has given Davi a penny. It TPYD is a free podcast. This week on Now Streaming. Welcome to another episode of Not the Podcast You Deserve. I am your host, Drew Allen. With me, as always, is Kyle Cox. Hi there. Drew Crawford. That's me. Thanks for listening. And we are just so excited for you to be joining us today on an episode of Now Streaming. Have you all watched a lot this week? Yeah, I watched a whole lot in preparation for Oscars pod coming up. But before we get to the good stuff, I'm going to bring up some of the mess stuff. Mm. Um, and I say that, not necessarily Matt. Have you all heard of the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window? Yeah, isn't that a sequel uh, to the boy yes. in the on the bike around the carriage on the other side of the hill that's looking down upon the city on the mountain? Mm, all right. All right, this guy. So it is a parody of like almost every horror movie film to come out the last six years, the title is. Um, but it's starring Kristen Bell. Mm-hmm. And everyone I know that's watched this has hated it, including my <laughs> wife. And I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, it, it's not a parody, and it's not—it's not like satire. Even it's something else. I don't know what it is, but like it's not goofy enough to be parody, and it's not serious enough to be satire. So I don't know what it was, but I know I really liked it, and I know I'm the only one that I know. Would- that's like would it. you call it like a love letter to scary movies no because they're making okay, fun of so it they, but okay. it's not like scary movie making fun of scary movies it's just it's almost as if like really good actors and really good di- uh, directors decided what if we made a bad scary movie and turned it into a series mm. and it it gets kind of more ridiculous as the series goes on but Kristen Bell is phenomenal in it and I really really liked it and I, I would like to find just one other person that enjoyed it, <laughs> oh, no. but I, I can't. Um, but like the opening scene is, oh, it opens up with Kristen Bell doing an, an inner monologue in a British accent for no reason. And like that kind of just, and then she doesn't do it again. Like she's not British ever again. Huh. And so it's, I, I don't know how to describe it. I just know that it was fun and I really enjoyed it. Um, and then I watched uh, West Side Story yes. to prepare for our Oscars yes. podcast. I know we'll probably talk about it a little bit more here later on, but the thing that kept um, that I kept thinking while watching this movie, which by the way, I don't like West Side Story. I don't like the original. I don't like any of the music. Right. I don't. I think Stephen Sondheim is overrated. R.I.P. Um, but as I was watching this movie that I knew I wasn't going to like, I just kept being drawn to the aesthetic yeah, of the movie that they yeah. create because it looks like every old-timey musical I ever saw as a child, but just like, vi- like I don't know how to explain it, just with better quality. Right. Um, but they nailed old-school, like old-timey aesthetic. Um, it, I really, I didn't enjoy the movie, but I appreciated the movie. Interesting. Um, and, I'm, and I think if anything sums up the Oscars, it's that <laughs> phrase right there. <laughs> and then the last one that I watched this week I want to talk about was The Mitchells vs. The Machines. Oh, wow. And... I think Drew Allen brought this up months ago, and I don't know if I just filed that back in my brain of things to get to later, <laughs> and it never happened, or what, 
but I was like, okay, I need to catch some of these animated films to make sure I'm I'm caught up for the the Oscar mm-hmm. pod. And uh, guys, <laughs> that's the best animated movie since Frozen Two. That is the best animated movie since Frozen Two. I loved oh, I'm so it. So glad to when, hear it. Uh, when when they're going up the little tunnel thing, and and the dad turns around and he goes, "This looks like a Journey album." I started cracking up because I also was thinking in that moment, <laughs> "This looks like an album I've seen in my in my dad's car a whole bunch growing up." Uh, but dude, that movie is so good. And Drew, I don't remember if you undersold it or if I was just not paying attention or what, but I have not enjoyed an animated movie like that in a long time. So I think it's great. I think everybody should see it. Yeah, like, and knowing my luck and movies I enjoy and movies that y'all love to just hate and skewer and decapitate in front of me over and over again, I was expecting the worst. (laughs) No, this is far from The Eternals. Mitchell's vs. the Machines is 150 times better than The Eternals. I very much enjoyed it. I might watch it later tonight. Wow. And I definitely, the next time I'm feeling kind of down, I am going to turn that movie on. Because I love nice. it. Nice. So on a scale of like Eternals to Wally, you'd put it more on the Wally side. <laughs> That's where I have it. So I refuse I, to put that on that scale. I, I like hearing this uh, review from you specifically because I know for a fact I have watched the trailer for this movie like three or four times. Uh, and so it keeps being one of those where I look at it and go, oh, that looks cute. I think I might watch it. And then I pick something else. And then I come back to it about two weeks later. I'm like, <laughs> I think, oh, that looks cute. I think I might watch it. And then I watch something else. So like now I will look at it and go, I'm going to watch it because I know, I know it's good. Very much enjoyed it. And I think you might too, listener at home. Uh, Drew Allen, what have you been watching, man? Ben-Hur was the classic movie that I watched. <laughs> Uh, It was really good. It was one of those, uh, you know, Hollywood epics where they have 6,000 cast members and 4,000 horses just on set. Um, And it was really, like, interesting to watch. It was not what I expected at all. Like, they open up with, like, a 20-minute nativity scene. And Jesus is, like, just a character walking around the back, like, the universe kind of in the background and shows up here and there. And then it ends with the crucifixion and I was like so confused about like is this a religious movie or is this a chariot film or like what is this I think what it is is a bad movie <laughs> like it's overrated due to time I, I yeah but. I would say unless you're coming from the viewpoint of I just watched Moses for the first time and I kind of got to watch Ben-Hur to kind of round out my uh <laughs> epics from early Hollywood history. I don't think you need to watch it. And they've tried to remake it a couple times, and I, I don't think very successfully, probably for good reason. Yeah. Uh, but it is... I, I think I find it really cool to watch all of the 5,000 extra scenes and know that like literally 5,000 people had to show up and listen to their director point them at where they need to go. Um, so uh, I, I have two quick thoughts on that. One, how much do you think it would cost to do a production like that today of like 6,000 extras and 4,000 horses. You could only do like a Christopher Nolan budgeted film. Like, like you need $200 million. Yeah. So that movie came out in 1959 and I would love to know what like the, 
minimum amount you could pay an extra <laughs> in 1959 versus 2022. Like a, like a hot meal. If I had to guess, yeah, if I had to guess, it's significant. I don't know what the Actors Guild uh, requires nowadays, but it's probably more yeah. than... My second thought I had on that was to Kyle's point of like, oh, it's been overrated due to time. Uh, I wonder what the time frame is going to be when people start thinking that about Star Wars. Like, what are people... Oh. It's going to be like 2050 when like people are still talking about Star Wars and they're like, alright, we get it. That movie came out 80 years ago and like, it's fine. But like... I don't know, man. One thing that's always going to resonate with an audience regardless of the glitz and the glamour and the visual effects and stuff is, is a story about family. So I, I think Star Wars is safe. Now, like Indiana Jones, I don't know. But Star Wars, I think that's hollowed ground. Also, I think things that resonate with people for the end of time are laser swords. Like, there's just no <laughs> way you're going to top laser swords. Um, other, other things I watched, 28 Weeks Later, the sequel to 28 Days mm-hmm. Later. I've never seen oh, it. Man. Good mm-hmm. horror movie. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that one. It's on HBO Max for freezies if you have a subscription. I'd throw it on if you haven't seen either of those. Uh, those are two really good zombie movies. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, those were one of the first few zombie movies where the zombies, like, run. Oh, yeah. Running zombies. And everybody was like, mm-hmm. game changer. Oh, no. Run. <laughs> right. The zombies can that. run? That was my plan, was to run. <laughs> right. Right. Up to that point, the... They got our playbook. What do we do now? <laughs> Up until that point, the, the zombies were, like, hordes of slowly shuffling, waddling beasts, and now they're, like, stronger, faster, terrifying... Um, so that's really fun. And the, the sequel kind of deals more with, okay, so the zombie outbreak is dying down and we have a city uh, of safe people and kind of the horrors and difficulty that comes with all of these people just went through a huge traumatic event and now they're trying to regain civilization. It's a really cool aspect of um, a zombie horror. I think it's, it's a, a part of the story that you don't often get. And, spoiler alert, things don't go quite as planned for them. And then, um, rounding out my week was Any Given Sunday and Tangled. Which one would you like to hear more about? Wow. (laughs) Tangled. (laughs) Tangled. Easy. All right. Tangled is so good. Like, when's the last time you all watched Tangled? (laughs) Pretty recently. Yeah? (laughs) Oh, that's right. You you have a kid. So, that makes... I have a child, yes. A ton of sense. Uh, So good. Zachary Levi... Hilarious, Mandy Moore, so talented, so charming. Yep. That montage of her going back and forth between this is the greatest day ever to this is the worst day, <laughs> yes. I'm a terrible person, is so yes. relatable. Yeah. So I would recommend it. It's on Disney Plus, obviously, as law as well as West Side Story, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I thought it really it was great, phenomenal. It got all of my picks. Like I have never seen the story before. I didn't know what to okay. expect coming in. And I, mm. I, I, I totally agree with you. Like the, the cinematography, like they captured like old timey musical like set almost, and like mm-hmm. it, it seems like they're running around a set, but also in a city in a really cool way. And then the choreography is so freaking cool, and yep. everybody does a phenomenal job, both dancing and singing. Like they hired, like, musical talented people, not like actors. They didn't hire AAA actors to try to sing and dance. They like hired people who can sing and dance to play these parts. 
You know who played Maria, right? Do you know that story? Yeah, she's like just out of high school. She got cast while she was at her senior year in high school. Yeah. She was doing Shrek the Musical when she got the call <laughs> that she had landed the role. Like, that's wild. Yeah. And then the I thought the Baby Driver guy did really yeah. well, too. Anzel but, something. Uh, something mm-hmm. But the Ariana DeBose and uh, the Faust guy. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his mm-hmm. name. Mike um, Faust. They, they stole the show. I thought they were great. Yeah. No, like, it's, it's incredible that this, like, 18-year-old beat out 30,000 other people yeah. to play the lead. Um but yeah, you're right. I think like the person who plays Rip and uh, oh, what's uh, Du Bois Du Bois's character's name? Uh, uh, Anita. Anita. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, phenomenal. Phenomenal. You're right that they stole the show. Like I could not stop watching Anita in the America is great song. I don't know what the, I think it's just called America. Like she mm. crushes that. Yeah. So it was fun to watch. It is kind of a you know sad story, kind of a Romeo and Juliet story. So you know that may it's that may be a spoiler, of, but <laughs> it's a direct ripoff. I, I want to be clear. I've never seen West Side Story, the show or the movie, and I know for a fact it's Romeo and Juliet set to music. Yeah, my thing, and like that's cool if you want to do that. Like I'm I'm down for that. But, like, there's not one song in that movie that I will walk away from the movie and I'll be, like, humming or, like, will be stuck in my head. Or I'll even think while I'm watching the movie, like, oh, that was a nice song. Yeah. Like, I just don't like the music of that No, it, it is very not, like, belting, super dramatic, like, wicked level music or greatest showman type music. That tonight, tonight kind of melody that kind of goes throughout everything I think is pretty mm-hmm. catchy. That's the closest it gets to, like, kind of a catchy tune. But yeah. you, you are definitely right. The music is not, like, in-your-face, belting, something you could just, like, oh, I can't get that out of my head. It's so good. Right. It's just kind of like a good story. It goes along in a good clip. Um, and, and, you know, a tragic love story is always uh, a, an interesting watch. So here, here's a little uh, outside little tidbit on that. Um, when you say wicked, the first thing I think is, I'll help you be popular. Uh, like that's a little line of song from the movie. When I hear West Side Story, all I hear or think is men, grown men snapping at each other as they approach. That's all I know. They didn't. That's uh, all I know about West Side Story is that like they had gang fights of snapping, and no one is yeah. ever like and that great song where they do the stuff. Yeah, it's. As far as I know, it's always been more known for the uh, for the choreography okay, yeah. than for the music. I'm glad but. you said that because I was really like, it, it is. I think it's very hard to pull off a male gang centric choreography. Going straight from a pirouette into stabbing somebody <laughs> in the heart with a switchblade. It's just like it's really tough handoff. It, you know? My mind yeah. doesn't know but, what to do with it. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so beautiful. Oh my god, he's dead. Yeah. You know, it's just so quick. <laughs> that's that's a really good point. But I, I to, to the movie's credit, I think they pull it off, and it's it's really fun to watch. And if, if you're a fan of theater, I think you can enjoy it a lot. So maybe maybe yeah. there's a little bit more of a of a uh, measured recommendation. But I I had a great time watching that movie. Crawford, what have you been watching? Yeah, uh, so this weekend I actually was battling a little bit of a head cold. So I took some Theraflu and locked the doors and watched a ton of movies. 
Um, nice. So, the first and foremost, I have to say that I watched a couple of movies leading up into this podcast. Um, I watched Tick, Tick, Boom, which nice. I, I know that we're going to talk about hopefully later on in the in the next episode um, because it should win all the awards. I love it so much. <laughs> um, but I also watched a couple of new movies. Uh, the Card Counter. I don't know if you guys have heard of this one. Uh, it's with Oscar... Oscar yeah, Isaac, yeah. Oscar Isaac. Okay, um, cool. And it's kind of, you know, it's advertised as like the team that brought you uh, Taxi Driver and Raging Bull. And it is very much feels like is Taxi Edgar Driver. Uh, no, it's Sorsese oh, and uh, another name I can't remember. You, but, you said Taxi Driver, not Baby Driver. I'm sorry. I'm back on yeah. Hansel. You keep going. Uh, but... It's very much in the realm of Taxi Driver, where you're just following this one guy do a thing, uh, and it's it seems kind of slow at times, but also like really intense. Um, I thought he did a phenomenal job. It got huge critical acclaim, but I have to like put a little footnote here. It did not get great audience acclaim, uh, and it was basically either fives or ones. Uh, for audiences wow where they were either like i absolutely love this movie and it was fantastic the metaphors and the imagery and you know the story were great and then the ones were like it was slow and boring and i didn't get what was going on so not trying to tell you like which way to go i really enjoyed it i thought it was really fun my wife was like this is weird and i was like all right (laughs) that's a totally fair point uh but Regardless of how you feel about the movie as a whole, Oscar Isaac's performance in it is phenomenal, uh, and so it, it's he's really talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's he's really good. it's worth it just for that. Um, he's pretty steadily over the last couple of years worked his way into my insta watch list. Like if he's in something, I'm like, I bet that's decent to good. Like no matter what. Yeah. A couple other things uh, that I watched. Uh, hold on, get my list back. Um, the King's Man. Uh, yeah. The prequel. I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, the prequel to Kingsman and Kingsman Golden Circle. Uh, I liked it a lot. <laughs> I, I like Rafe Fiennes a lot. I think he's great. Um, I also love any excuse to say Rafe Fiennes. Because right. it's a nice know, little tidbit to throw in a party. Like I know yeah. how to pronounce his name correctly. I, I like to you know kind of flaunt my stuff. Um, but I, I also like, for the most part, uh, any movie that does revisionist history, because I think it's kind of funny <laughs> and kind of fun Yeah, uh, to be like, I know it's that thing you think happened, but what if it was kind of different? And you're like, oh, that's kind of funny. Wow. Wow, I could not disagree more with that sentiment. <laughs> I, the, uh, the knife fight scene? infuriates me. Sorry. In Dead Man's, in No Man's Land, uh, when they have the little knife fight, like wow. in the dark and in silence. Yeah, that I was, was great. So, I was in turmoil. That was amazing. I'm also a sucker for Matthew Vaughn and Guy Ritchie. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything that they do, uh, I, I'm, I'm here for it. And in my mind, they're very similar, so... Um, oh yeah. The other thing I want to suggest to you and to all of our listeners is to uh, watch "Our Flag Means Death" on HBO Max. 
Okay. This is a new show from Takawatiti, and it is uh, oh, wow. also with uh, Rise Darby, the uh, New Zealander you'll know from What We Do in the Shadows and Flight of the Concords and several other things. He's in lots of stuff. He's got a very like recognizable voice. Mm-hmm. It is so funny. Uh, the the basic premise is uh, a wealthy Englishman for some reason you don't know what it is yet like leaves his family in the middle of the night and decides to become a pirate and try but like he knows nothing about being a pirate he's just kind of like a sissy little like <laughs> rich boy and so he's like being nice to his crewmen and like reading to them at night and you know he's like oh, we're not going to steal stuff. I'm going to pay you a wage. And they're, like, trying to kill him. But then he somehow, like, every episode does something good, like, for a pirate standard. Uh, it, But it's, like, <laughs> really funny. It's really goofy. Uh, Taka Watiti plays uh, Blackbeard, and he is fantastic. There's only uh, three episodes out right now, uh, but I would highly recommend it. I can't wait for the rest of them to come out. The last thing... I saw, and I feel like you guys also might have seen it as well, uh, is The Batman. And, oh my gosh, I loved that movie. Uh, It's going to surprise all the listeners at home that, like, I liked a comic book (laughs) movie. All right, we get it. But, like, in my opinion, this is The Batman for our generation. This is what we needed oh. right now. This is the Batman we needed okay. and deserved. <laughs> I that's interesting. I did I love the noir take and it was very dark and gritty, but when it opens up with that that scene straight out of a horror film where the yeah. Riddler is standing behind the guy yeah. in the dark, I was like, "Oh no, this is a different movie than what I thought I was yes. going to see." Yes, it took the me, whole tone of that movie was awesome though. It took me a long time because, like, as a as a teacher, the whole time I was thinking, "Is like, there are so many kids going to come see this movie, thinking it's like, ha ha ha, Batman comic book movie, and this is not a Batman, yeah. ha ha, comic book punch pow whammo." bat shark mace movie this is a straight up horror film at points that's a good point and what i really liked was that they kept his bag of tricks and gadgets and stuff but they made it cool and not super lame like adam west pulling out shark repellent (laughs) when he pulled out the venom thing and stabbed himself yeah i was like oh yes and and like that's something that it doesn't make a lot of sense in the real world but in the world that they created, that's mm-hmm. actually very practical, mm-hmm. as, yeah. especially because he's he's getting so beat up in his first two years in Gotham that he realizes, like, I'm going to need a kick of energy at some point. Yeah. And then that's opening the door for Bane later mm-hmm. on down the road. And they open up the road for for the Joker and for a lot of other, and for the Penguin to take over. Man, I'm fired up. I was very skeptical going in mm-hmm. because I, I was like, oh, DC is doing that thing again mm-hmm. where they're going to do a dark and brooding <laughs> version of this character. But then as I was kind of sitting in the theater, I realized, like, Batman is dark and brooding. Like, this is, like, if anybody was going to get a dark and brooding, like, version, like, it should be Batman. Yeah. And it fits so well tonally. Yeah. As opposed to Superman uh, in The yes. Man of Steel. When yes. he's dark and brooding. And that doesn't really fit with who Superman he is. Stands, but this was perfect. He stands for hope. 
Like, why would yeah. you make the hopeful character dark and brooding? brooding? But did y'all notice that, A, it always rains in Gotham City? Every <laughs> night, it always rains. Uh, and uh, and my, two... Go ahead. My, my wife turned to me during the movie and was like, it's raining so much in this movie. And then, like, five minutes later, she turned to me and was like, oh, right, because if it was sunny outside, he'd turn into sparkles because he's Edward <laughs> Cullen from... <laughs> And I thought he was awesome. I thought he did a great job. I, I thought Zoe Kravitz was awesome. Colin Farrell stole the show, though. He did he was great. so good. Like, the Robert Pattinson as the, like, they really decided to make Batman, like, what would happen if a billionaire's son really had a super traumatic experience and then never went outside and talked to people? Instead of, yeah. like, trying to have a dark and gritty Batman that's also, like, a playboy billionaire bachelor, like... They decided to be like, no, like, he's going out at night to fight crime in a Batman costume because he went through trauma. <laughs> yeah. and like, this is how he would. I think Robert Pattinson crushed that. Yeah, I, I really appreciated that Robert Pattinson was a young Batman without being an origin story Batman. Yeah. So it wasn't, hey, this is how Bruce Wayne's parents died. And it also wasn't, hey here's an old Batman dealing with a life of punching people in the face. It was mm. a young Batman who was still figuring it out. And I was like, yeah. And you can even see it. I'm not trying to give anything away, but you can see it in like, sometimes his plan doesn't work as well as he thought it mm -hmm. was going to. Uh, whereas like the Batman, you know, we're used to seeing is either so young, he falls flat on his face or so grizzled. Nothing surprises him. And he's got like the perfect, yeah scenario yeah. for all things and this is a middle ground where he's like oh he's kind of prepared and can kind of pull it off but also it didn't go totally right and ouch <laughs> yeah and my uh my leader ryan airy tweeted after he saw the movie he said something like uh my only the only thing i didn't like about the batman is i didn't understand what happened to his parents i wish they had unpacked that for me i was left confused oh, yeah. and i thought that was so funny because like outside of spider-man is there one other character that you besides the spider-man and batman that you absolutely could 100 percent probably draw the comic frame for frame what happened to them as their origin like yeah we've seen the pearls fall to the ground so many times like we don't need it again and i love that they didn't give it to you i thought that was great uh, also that's so, so funny i left that movie going okay most recently alfred has been played by andy circus jeremy irons and michael kane is there another character in cinema that has been played by three like the same character has been portrayed by three different phenomenal actors or actresses. <laughs> Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George okay, Clooney, okay. Christian Bale. Like a side character. Sure. Though. But side like that's what I'm trying to say is like he's not the star, but he's mm -hmm. always played by stars. Uh, yeah. I love that for Alfred. Team Alfred. No, uh, the other thing I loved about the, the Batman movie is they really honed in on the detective world's yes. greatest detective side of batman and I, and I i it's really difficult to do like an interesting detective story in a comic book movie because eventually he's gonna have to fight and punch the bad guy sure and but they have to like build up that they're like riddles and clues and i feel like too often he like solves them immediately like the riddler leaves a clue and then batman's like oh it's this 
like somebody else reads it off and they're like what does this even mean and then before they're done talking batman answers with the answer to the riddle and i think this did a really good job of kind of like showing you that batman is a great detective but also that the riddler is a match for him like this is not like so easy he's just walking through getting ready to punch the Riddler. Like, they really did a great job with that noir detective aspect to the movie. And I say we table the rest of the Batman discussion for a later pod, where we talk about it in depth, because I have lots of things I'd like to say. <laughs> Fair enough. As I'm sure you all do. Um, and at this point, we are going to say thank you for listening to Not the Podcast You Deserve, but please stick around for our next episodes, where we do the very first not the Oscars You Deserve episode. And we will hand out a really fake imaginary trophy via podcast to the to the actors and actresses and films that we enjoyed and the Academy probably won't. Next. 